Yes. He is a theme park content creator and host of the Passholder Lounge podcast. He is my friend Justin Monorail. Justin, welcome to the show. Adam, what's up, man? It's so good to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, thank you for coming on. Justin, I've known you since, and I we looked this up before the show started. I believe it's July 21st, 2019. I mean, you know, give or take a day or two. Yeah, I think you're right. And at the Polynesian, actually. In that makeshift lounge that they have. <laughs> right. You know, I was actually there uh, a couple weekends ago and noticed that that area is different now. I guess they, they probably changed it during the COVID times and whatever has been going on in the poly since then. But remember there used to be like a high top, like a long high top table over there. Yeah, that's where we, that's where we were standing. Yeah, it's sitting. gone. No more table. Huh. Do they have small tables and chairs? It's like sort of like lounge chairs and coffee tables over there. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Well, I guess that promotes people to stay longer if it's more comfortable seating. I guess so. But I I, I guess, too, it might be like to me with the table there, it it seemed pretty inviting to like bring food and drink over. And now maybe they didn't want people bringing their food and drink over that <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> possibly possibly so i've known you since then and uh, had a podcast called the monday morning monorail podcast i loved it because first of all i got to hear you and it was a monday morning and nobody likes monday mornings but you know what makes monday mornings better is when you have a good disney podcast to listen to so that ended but now you have a new podcast which i'm excited about i just binged it over the weekend uh why don't you tell us all about that sure yeah so just started my new show we're two weeks in now but there are five total episodes available of the Passholder lounge and really the idea just kind of comes from what i loved so much about doing the monday morning monorail which was really the connections that i made with people who were just as big of a fan of of Walt Disney World, the theme parks, and and even other theme parks as well, outside of the Disney bubble. Um, The the connection I was making with those people, the the listeners, the the people that I eventually called the Monorail family. And, you know, we expanded that show out to do a live show where we could actually get together and have direct conversations with some of the people that we were connecting with. And I really enjoyed the fact that we could get together and talk about something that we were passionate about and make these, you know, connections with people that so many of them that I consider lifelong friends. And really, that was sort of the base concept for creating this new podcast is that, you know, it's hard to keep up with the the news. And and that's something we focused on on the Monday Morning Monorail um, because Number one, there's there's a lot of news to cover, and sometimes it can be kind of dry. Number two, it's not always the most fun to talk about Disney news because it's not always good news. I'm sure you you feel the same way. Oh, <laughs> today was a very today was a very interesting day. They, yeah, uh, they announced Magic Key renewal pricing in Disneyland, and people are very upset, and they have a right to be because they increased the price on them by a lot. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So. You know, and, and I try to be positive about the news, but it's not always easy when you're covering all the Disney news to be positive about everything. But also, as soon as you release a show about news, it's stale, you know, a day later. And 
So this new show, it's much more freeform. We're talking more about just, you know, any any topic that we want to sort of discuss about uh, broadly about theme parks and not just Disney because this show is really for any theme park. But I actually open it up to any themed entertainment or even just places that you might have an annual pass to. You want to talk about aquariums or zoos? We'll talk about those sorts of things and just do it in a casual, relaxed uh, atmosphere where we can chat. We can maybe crack open a couple of cold beverages and, and just kick back and relax and have a good time. And so, so that's what I'm doing with the new show. And so far, uh, it's been going well. I've got I've got a bunch of shows already in the bank, and I'm excited to release all those uh, in the in the coming weeks for people to hear a lot of good stuff. Now, the good thing is you are a Orlando local, so you've got access to a lot of themed entertainment, uh, not just Disney, but all other places. I would suggest. I don't know if you've been there yet. One place you should definitely check out is the Wigiwachi Springs State Park. Oh, yeah. The mermaids. The mermaids. You got to go check out the mermaids. I don't know how long they're still going to be there, but you, I mean, it's definitely 1950s roadside attraction. But I, oh, they, okay. So the mermaid show is still being offered. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how I went there, gosh, 10 years ago, um, maybe longer than that. And uh, it's very, uh, it's very corny and campy, but if you get past that, it's it's pretty endearing and um, and it's cute. So um, I don't know. It's definitely a place you can lounge at. I, that's for sure. <laughs> well, then you've got my attention. And mermaids, come on, who doesn't love mermaids? You got uh, real mermaids. Real mermaids. They actually, when I was still in Tennessee, there was a time period where the Wiki washi I know I'm not saying that right. Mermaids came to the Ripley Aquarium in the Smokies, which is in Gatlinburg, and they were doing shows there for uh, probably about a month. They were up there, really? so I so I have actually seen them perform, but uh, I would like to go see them in their home park. I think that would be really fun. I did not know that they traveled. That they, is interesting. I don't know why they were touring, but they <laughs> definitely toured. I don't know how they got the mermaids up there. <laughs> a big water big water tank or something i guess big so yeah tanker truck Thank that's funny <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if they i wonder where else they, i'm gonna have to look into that where else they went um but that's for another day okay all right so pass holder lounge you've had a couple different guest hosts on which is which is nice uh you've had people that i like um steffers was on who i love and um steffers was on our show and you also had uh, your friend Landon. Landon is very funny. Um, I highly suggest listening to Passholder Lounge, so you can get a little bit of Justin and Landon together because the two of you guys together is really good. Oh, thank you. Um, he's a he's a goofball, and, but he's my goofball, so it's it's all love. And you guys are friends for a long time, and you can definitely tell that you guys have you know a connection more than just you know talking on a podcast for an hour once a week. So. It's really good. Yeah. And, and you know, I've got a bunch of guest hosts lined up. That's another sort of aspect of the show that I'm excited about is every week I'm going to have a different person in that co-host seat. And I've got a roster of right now, I think, almost 30 people uh, that I can reach out to and potentially bring on. And, and what I hope to do is, is tailor the conversation to whatever the – the co-host of the day happens to either be an expert on or really want to talk about. So, for example, 
I've got a show coming up with my friends Lewis and Val. If you know them uh, on Twitter, Disney Pick a Day and Val Pal Mickey. They're also on Instagram. They're in Disney right now doing a bunch of live streaming as well. So hopefully you're following along with that. But when they come on the show, we're going to be talking about Dollywood because that's their sort of local park. So I'm really excited to be able to to bring on people and, and get some some different perspectives on different parks and, and start talking about hopefully some parks that maybe people haven't necessarily been exposed to because maybe they're more regional and, and maybe we'll convince people to start traveling around and visiting some of these other places, branching outside of the Disney bubble, uh, so to speak. And so that so that's exciting to me too. But Adam, we, we got to line up a time. You're going to have to come on the show and, and sit in the comfy chair as well. Yeah, I'll, well, we could talk about mermaids. I'd love to. We can make it all about the mermaids. We could do it. <laughs> um, you know, it's a great segue because I'm having you on here to talk about something that you are fond of, and that um, that sort of goes along with the name of your podcast. We're going to talk about our favorite lounges. Yes. We're going to stick to Walt Disney World, uh, mostly because they have the most lounges, and that's where not speaking for you but speaking for me that's where i frequently the most so, so it's it's uh it's easy for me <laughs> that's fine there's a lot to talk about so uh yeah i mean it, talking about disney lounges could take up multiple shows but we'll we'll try to keep it brief yes don't spoil your your favorite of all time okay. first give me one that you enjoy that isn't on everybody's radar okay I have a couple that come to mind, but I think I'm going to go with my first instinct here, and that is going to be Abracadabar. Have you ever made it over there? I have not gone. Wait a minute, have I? Well, I have not. Uh, I have not drank there. No, okay. I have walked inside because it's next to the restaurant there, Trattoria El Forno. Right. Yes. And I think I'm pretty sure I went in there when it was closed, but I have not. I have not drank there. Well, I really highly recommend stopping there, particularly if you are a fan of handcrafted cocktails, because I feel like it has some very unique offerings, and, and the prices are all in line with what you'd expect from a Disney lounge, so you're talking about $15, $16, $17 for a, a craft cocktail, which I'm, I'm not saying that's not expensive. It is expensive, but that's Disney prices. But yeah, it's sort of small and cozy. It's a nice, tight environment. That's something for me. I do enjoy a cozy lounge, so this one fits the bill. They have a very extensive uh, selection of bourbons there, um, so that's another advantage of Abracadabar. And uh, it's got a great location, being on the boardwalk. I mean, you've got options if you want ice cream, if you want, if you do want to have a meal at a place like Trattoria El Forno, because uh, Abracadabar... They offer some snacks, but all they really have is they've got some fries. You can get a margarita pizza, which it's probably like a flatbread. I've never had it. And then and then salumi. Everybody loves assorted meats and cheeses. But yeah. <laughs> Did you just call salami salumi? No, no. Salumi. S-A-L-U-M-I is a plate of assorted meats and cheeses. Oh, oh, oh that's the. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what, okay, that's what they're calling it. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, right. it's, I mean, everywhere else calls it charcuterie. Abracadabra wants to be special. They call it salumi. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so that's that's something that if if you haven't made it over there, you know, you're not. Of course, 
the atmosphere is not going to be the same as a place like, you know, going to like Trader Sam's or Oga's or a place like that. It's going to be more subdued. But I think I think people might be pleasantly surprised if they're looking for a nice little place to, to grab a drink, maybe before they go over to the Yachtsman Steakhouse and have dinner that night or uh, or something like that. So that that's that's my first recommendation. Yeah, I have not gone in there. I know it's like a uh, magic themed type experience. But they're not like making magic tricks in there, right? Are they? <laughs> no, I wish they were. No, it, it's really more in the decor. I mean, you know, you look around and it looks like you're in a magic shop when you're in there. And also, uh, the, yeah, they they some of the cocktails are named after you know. There's like parlor trick is one of their cocktails. The conjurita, you know. So the magic mirror. So their cocktails are named after, you know, magic tricks and things like that. But um, They don't name them after magicians like David Blaine or David Copperfield, do they? There's no David Blaine. Huh. <laughs> I, feel, that... I, I feel like if there was a David Blaine cocktail, it would have to come along with some sort of a challenge. <laughs> you have to hold your breath for 20 minutes. and then, <laughs> I don't know. But... <laughs> That's... <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah, no, that would be a good idea. Um, but you know what? If they're going to name them out of tricks, too, that's fine, I guess. So at least they did something there. I have not been there. Since we're talking about the boardwalk and uh, off-the-beaten-path places, one of my favorites is Bellevue Lounge at the boardwalk. Oh. It's off the lobby. A couple things. Number one, it is very quiet there because people don't realize it's there. And... It's a great place to go if you're at Epcot and you're looking for a quiet, air-conditioned place to lounge in or even, like, go to the bathroom. They have wonderful bathrooms very close to there. <laughs> That's important. And they also do breakfast in the morning. So if you're staying at the – it's really more for if you're staying at the hotel to do breakfast there. The one thing I'm going to just point out is it is supposed to get a refurbishment soon, and I think it's changing to, like, a – I don't know what it's – it's supposed to be changed to like a coffee bar type experience, which it kind of already is now. So I don't know why <laughs> – I don't know what's going to change, but the decor is very early 1900s, floral prints, and big puffy couches. You can lounge in there for sure. So I hope that stays. I love that. Yeah, that I would say that's one thing Abercrombie Bar is lacking. Because for me, a good lounge does have big comfy chairs that you can lounge in, and it doesn't. To my memory, I can't remember there being big comfy chairs. There's just not a lot of room in there for that. But yeah, I've never been to the the Bellevue Lounge. Actually, I don't think I've set foot inside of the Boardwalk Resort. Proper. So, yeah, proper. Um, I love it. I, it's I mean it's themed after 1920s Atlantic City New Jersey so naturally I'm gonna enjoy it there it because it feels just like home but uh, yeah the lobby the lobby is like not as grand as all as not as grand as grand hotels and the Bellevue Lounge is is small but I'm telling you like nobody's in there <laughs> I don't know where everybody goes I don't they must be like maybe they're going for like abracadabra although that place always seems like it's not so crowded either so they're going somewhere else maybe they're going to epcot which is probably yeah, what they're doing i think that's probably the case yeah. yeah well i'll check it out i'm sold i i love you know one of the things that i feel like um is pretty common for for disney resorts is especially deluxe resorts they've got good lounges and 
um, most of them are, are pretty solid. So I, I, I feel like at some point I'm going to have to, now that I'm doing this new podcast, it is uh, incumbent upon me to make my way to every lounge on Disney property. So I'm yes. going to do it. Yes. And, and if they serve different menus at different times of the day, you're going to have to go twice. Oh, gosh. I mean, <laughs> it's a tough job, but I accept. Someone's going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where else are you going, Justin? Well, you know, I do have sort of different categories for the lounges because I don't think every bar is a lounge and every lounge is not a bar. I mean, there are things that make them different, but one of my favorite places to go and get a drink, especially if there might be a game on that I'm interested in watching, over at Wilderness Lodge, I am such a big fan of Geyser Point. I love Geyser Point so much. And I and you know what? Even though it's outdoors, I'm going to say this is pretty close to being a lounge because they do have comfy chairs you can sit in. And it makes it inconvenient if you order one of the bison burgers because the you know, you're eating off a coffee table or something like that. But uh, if you sit at the bar, there's plenty of TVs around, and you've got a, a beautiful view. I mean, the uh, the electrical water pageant pretty much stops right outside of Geyser Point at night. Um, you can sort of see the fireworks from Magic Kingdom if you look back over top of the Wilderness Lodge, and it sinks. They do play the music for Enchantment in, in Geyser Point. The food is good. The drinks are good. I mean, it is a it is a cozy place. It's just it's not super easy to get to because you're either gonna have to like take a boat or a bus over there if you're not staying at Wilderness Lodge. But man, I I gotta say it's it's if that place was in a theme park, like if if Geyser Point was in Magic Kingdom, I would never leave Geyser Point. That'd be my favorite place of all time. Yeah, if they had that at like American Adventure and Epcot or something overlooking the water oh, right there. So good. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Yeah, I was debating whether I should include that in my list or not. And I was I was like teetering on yes and I was like, mm, you know what? I'm I'm not going to. I'm gonna leave that one alone. What made you decide not to put it on your list? I think um my one issue with it is because it's outside uh, you are not protected from rain or like the stifling heat for the most well, part. That's true. Geyser Point is great for like winter time when you don't have to deal with that thing, those things. I don't know about the, like the middle of the day, middle of summer. But maybe at that point you don't care because you're hot anyway. It doesn't make a difference. But uh, no, I do agree. The view there is great. They have a ton of seating. So you're not like waiting around to sit anywhere which is great because a lot of these, I shouldn't say that a lot of these places, but there are a lot of places at Disney that I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> There's like, how many people are in that place? 200,000 a day at a time. And they've got like, you know, 10 seats. Like, what yeah. are you guys thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> but Geyser point has a ton of big lounge chair seating. Bar area itself is huge. And again, like I said, they got the TVs out, which, which for some of us, you know, we do like to check the scores on the games when we're on vacation. Yeah, this is important. And actually, on an upcoming episode of the Passholder Lounge, one of my topics is going to be the best places to watch a game while you're at Walt Disney World. So, Oh, that's good. Yeah, so this is a little teaser. Because there really are not many 
I'm, I'm, all right, I'm going to spoil your episode, so I'm, I'm not going to say much. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just thinking there aren't many places with TVs there. Right. It's that's that's exactly why I feel like it's a good topic because you do sort of have to know where to go. And now, now that the ESPN zone is closed, I feel like people may feel lost. It was dumb, I think. If dad, who isn't really into the Disney, and it could be mom, could doesn't be. have to just be dad. But uh, if dad isn't really into the Disney trip, and he wants to watch, you know, the SEC, uh, you know, semifinal game or something, if he sees the words ESPN on a restaurant, he knows he can watch the game yeah, there. Knows. It's very yeah. easy for him to figure that. Out. <laughs> he knows those letters. I know what those letters mean. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know, Universal. Sorry, I am going to talk about Universal for a second, but that's all right. Uh, but yeah. You've, you've got the NBC Sports Grill right there just outside of the studios, and I, and I think the same thing. You know, there have got to be a lot of, of moms or dads, just parents who set the kids loose in the park, and they're like, hey, I'll be over yeah. here, you know? Yeah, because they know, what they're, they know what's going to happen. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. I would definitely agree, though, Geyser Point is a great place. Thank um, you. So we're talking about Geyser Point is kind of like an off-the-beaten-path. It takes a little bit of effort to get there. So one of the ones I thought of was Barcelona Lounge at Coronado Springs Resort in the Grand Destino Tower. Wow, that's another one I haven't been to. This is the one on the bottom level. It is a coffee bar in the morning, and they do every type of coffee you want. They have nitro cold brew, which not everybody does. They have uh, all your other lattes and such. And then they do a regular bar service you know, in the evening, in the afternoon and evening. What I like about uh, Coronado is because that resort is itself, you aren't getting people trafficking through trying to get to a park through your resort. The people that are there are pretty much people staying there or the people that know the hidden gems like Barcelona Lounge. It's just a different like atmosphere. Now, of course, Coronado is the big uh, kitchen hotel, so there are going to be a lot of conventioneers there, which, depending upon their their uh, drinking levels, may or may not be. Um, I'm trying to think of a word, and I can't think of a word. They might be um, rowdy. Yeah, rowdy. Rowdy might be a good one. So it might be a little rowdy there. So uh, just keep that in mind. <laughs> I have not had drinks there. They have a – I saw on their menu, it's called the Amanda. No, 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 no. The Armada. I can't read my own writing. <laughs> and, it, and I typed it, too. The Armada. So it's Russell's Reserve 10-year, 90-proof Kentucky Straight Bourbon, a Harvey's Bristol Cream Sherry, which I've never heard of, and Banana Liqueur. I love myself banana liqueur. Hmm. You put banana liqueur in something, I'm going to try that, uh, with okay. lemon and cinnamon. That looked interesting. So if I ever get there in the evening hours, I'm going to have to definitely try that out. Just ask for Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, the Arbata. Have you ever been up to the Dahlia Lounge? I have not. So that's one on my list, too. I actually, I'm going to say something that might be shocking to mm. those who know. I have not even been to Coronado Springs. Not once. Oh. Yeah. So I'm missing out on a lot there because they got Three Bridges Bar and Grill. Everybody loves the Three Bridges. Yeah, I mean... I'd love to. I'm just gonna probably just have to stay there for like a long weekend and hit all these places. I think. Yeah. Well, staycation sounds good yeah. to me. Yeah, they got a ton of pools there. 
I have stayed in both rooms. I've stayed in the tower rooms, and the tower rooms are very nice. And the other rooms, the, the outer wing rooms, or whatever you want to call them. Um, the, my only problem is is those buildings all look the same, and I got lost every time. Oh, I can imagine. And plus, that is a around. huge complex. That is like its own like miniature theme park. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a world showcase, actually, now that I think about it. But yeah. anyway, so what else you got? Do you have any in, the, in a park that you wanted to bring up? Sure. Let's go in the park. Is it time to mention my favorite, or should I still hang on to that one? You can do it. We, we, we can get to it now. Okay. I mean, my number one favorite lounge in all of Walt Disney World, and maybe even in the entire world, is Nomad Lounge in Disney's Animal Kingdom. I mean, just if I'm going to keep plugging my show, which, hey, what what else am I here for, Adam? Um, no, <laughs> just kidding. Episode no, no, of, please. Yeah, most recent episode of the Passholder Lounge. We were talking about Nomad Lounge, and, and really, it's a it's a shared love that I have with Landon. It's it's our maybe our favorite place to go and, and just hang out. We, we even made the statement, and I love Animal Kingdom. I would say as a local, Animal Kingdom is right up there with my favorite park to go to and just spend the day. But if my day included just going to Nomad Lounge and having some food, having some drinks, hanging out for a couple hours and going home, that's a pretty good day, in my opinion. <laughs> I love that place so much. It, the, it's the atmosphere, the location, the views, the food on the menu. It's small plates, but everything you can get there is good. And then the drinks, the signature cocktails. Like, I, I haven't had anything there I haven't liked. And then, just to put a cherry on top, and I picked that phrasing on purpose, <laughs> you can get churros for dessert. Fancy churros. I don't even like churros, really. I love the Nomad Lounge churros so much. I would go there just for those if I could. So, yeah, that's my place, man. The ribs. Or do we still eat in the ribs, or are we yeah. putting them down because they have changed them? Well, you know, they have changed them, but they were so good. They they used to be better. I I wonder if. They are somewhat impacted by supply chain issues or who knows what's going on. I mean, they serve them completely different than they used to because they used to come out. They used to come out with like the sauce on the rib. Um, Uh Now now it's always served on the side, which is weird. And the ribs are fattier now than they used to be. I still would say give it a shot because on the off chance you get a like the perfect rib from Nomad Nomad Lounge, it's life changing. So. Yes. Home of dim ribs. Assuming it's crowded, you can walk up and have your name put on a list <laughs> and they text you back, correct? Yeah, you can walk up. You can also get in the line just to, to walk up to the bar and get it to go drink or food because they will let you take like the churros to go, for example. Or you can join the virtual queue in the My Disney Experience app. So once you're in Animal Kingdom, you can check the virtual standby and just hop on there. And the longest I've had to wait when I've done that has been like 45 minutes, which is just enough time to get in the middle of doing something and then have to stop yeah. and then go to No Man <laughs> Lounge. <laughs> My last trip, I was, I did that. I don't, I think I went to the stand. I forgot about the waiting list on the app. Because they they just changed the app so many times I forget what is and what isn't valid anymore. 
Yeah, so I got my, my got my name got called while I was in the line for Safari. Yeah, always fun. Yeah, but I do agree. I Nomad is great. I like the Jen's tattoo, which is a drink. It's not a tattoo, and um, it has. Uh, I'll, let me read it to you. Kettle One vodka, which is, you know, it's very basic. <laughs> Kettle One vodka, watermelon, hibiscus, and lime juice. But the cool thing is, is they give you that hibiscus flower yeah. fruit thing. Yeah. And that thing tastes like a uh, fruit roll-up. Excellent. <laughs> I like so, my drink sweet. Okay. I got you. Well, you know what you like. Yeah. Um, that is a good one. That I think that comes up on a lot of people's lists when they're talking about their favorite drinks from Nomad Lounge. So yeah, you, you're in good company there. It's probably because it's very um, easy <laughs> to deal with. <laughs> they have a lot of fancy liquors here that i've never even heard of and if you're not really into that yeah i could see you want to skip it now i will say the as of the last time i was there too they did let us order off of the menu at tiffin's if you wanted to Hmm. so for instance i got a from tiffin's it was a charred octopus appetizer oh um yeah and they brought it in so now, I'm not sure if that – certainly ask your server next time if they're still doing that. Just because the Nomad – the menu at Nomad isn't that large. No, it's not. I mean, not it's a lounge. Sure. It's not supposed to be. Right. You, you've always been able to get the Tiffin's bread service. It never occurred to me to maybe ask for some of the other small plates. I doubt they'd let you order a Tiffin's entree, but you could ask. It doesn't hurt to ask if yeah, you wanted to. No. And maybe it depends on if they're busy or not too. Like, do they, like, do they really want you sitting in there for two hours if they got a line out the door? Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. It depends on like what they're doing. And I have done the walk, the takeout drinks also, which is a very weird concept for me, uh, because like in New Jersey, you there we don't have open carry, like open carry. Oh, <laughs> open gosh. carry. We don't have open carry laws either, but we don't have open container law. <laughs> So you can't like you're in theory you're not supposed to like walk around with a drink like even like at the Jersey Shore you can't walk on a boardwalk with an al- with an alcoholic beverage like just walking around so this just sounds really weird not that you can't do that in Disney anyway because you know the food and wine stands yeah people are walking around with liquor all over the place but yeah. for whatever reason I guess it was the idea of going into a restaurant getting a drink with a lid and a straw coming out i don't know it just was a weird concept to me and um it's nice that they let you do it because maybe you just want the drink and you don't really need to sit inside so we want you got other things to worry about well yeah you got to go get in line for flight of passage and wait 180 minutes or something i had a weird experience if i can tangent for just a second okay this past weekend i was in downtown sanford which i live close to there's a bunch of breweries that have popped up in downtown sanford and it's it it's a new revitalization of the downtown. This is kind of the new cultural thing, a bunch of micro brews. And we were going to go to a restaurant that was right next door, but they had like a, it was like a 45 minute wait. So it was like, all right, let's go to this uh, brewery and we'll get a drink. We told the bartender, we're like, we're not going to be here super long. Um, so, you know, we'll probably just close out. Like we ordered a drink. He goes, Oh, you know, uh, people will get drinks here and then carry them over to the restaurant all the time. It's, it shouldn't be a big deal. I was like, 
that I don't know why, but I had I had trouble wrapping my mind around having a glass of beer, walking out of the brewery and taking it to a restaurant next door, and hmm. that and that just being okay. I don't. And know. it was a glass. It wasn't yeah. a uh, plastic cup or something. No, it was a glass. <laughs> See, I would think like don't they want the glass back? But maybe, I, they I, maybe maybe they have a close relationship with that restaurant. And they're like, bring us our glasses back at the end of the night. I don't know. They have a but... window between the two hole, the two walls or something. <laughs> so anyway, I will tell you my favorite drink. I think I've tried almost all the specialty cocktails on the list now, but one of the ones I keep going back to is the Snow Leopard Salvation. It's basically a Moscow Mule, but the thing that makes it different is they put some pear liqueur into mm. it and um, they also put a huge piece of fresh mint into the drink and I don't know I just think it's delicious um, it's very refreshing I recommend it if you if you like a mule try that snow leopard salvation mules are uh, refreshing I for me yeah um, and it's called a snow leopard because it uses snow leopard vodka which I didn't know was real but it is real it is. <laughs> I wonder where it's made. I don't know. Oh, it's from Poland. Okay. Do you think it's that? made with real snow leopard? I. That's what I'm wondering. Like, why would a liquor company name it after snow leopard, especially if they're Polish? Are there snow leopards in Poland? <laughs> so we have new neighbors, new neighbors that are from Poland, and um, I'm gonna have to ask them that. Yeah. If, yeah. if they know about snow leopard vodka. So we're in the park. One of my favorites in Hollywood Studios is the Tune-In Lounge. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is good. This is a lounge that is a part of a restaurant, just like the Nomad was, uh, next to Tiffin's. This is at next to the 50s Primetime Cafe. I really like it because of what it, it, what it looks like, the Formica countertops. They're, they do have TVs here. Now, I don't know if they're showing the the football game maybe they're showing the, like the 56 like nfl championship game or, or 55 <laughs> championship. maybe they're showing old games i don't i don't know i haven't been in there enough to see what games are showing there's chrome everywhere mirrors everywhere we took my grandmother there we took her there in 2013 and the whole place was her house growing you know when she was oh, okay. young and wed you know like the countertops the curtains everything she's putting out so i had those curtains i had those Fan, those uh, decorations on the wall, those like cake pan things that they would decorate with, big fork and spoon, um, all that Formica stuff. She had all that stuff. The, the coffee table that's in the waiting room area. It's a really, really great place. Two things, the Dad's Electric Lemonade, which is a very simple drink, vodka, Lucasau, sweet and sour Sprite. Um, very basic drink, but that I do like. And then they have something here. I did not know about this. This looks really good. They have the Schaffenhofer. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Grapefruit Hawaiian Loaded. So this is the Schaffenhofer grapefruit beer that you can get in Epcot. That is uh, allegedly only sold in Epcot, but that's not true anymore because I was able to buy it at my local liquor store. Yeah, they're ev it's everywhere. It's we've got it in public. <laughs> <laughs> so Epcot lost its like its exclusivity on that at some point, <laughs> but they put a shot of Deep Eddie's Ruby Red Grapefruit Vodka. Yeah. So it's grapefruit beer that they then put a shot of grapefruit vodka in. 
That sounds very good. And oh, I'll do it. I'm doing. I this makes me want to go to Tune In Lounge tomorrow because I didn't realize you could do that. <laughs> sounds great. And and it's a great atmosphere. So that's a hit or miss in terms of when it's open. I hate like sometimes I when I walk past it is open. Sometimes it's not. They do serve the peanut butter and jelly milkshake there, which is the the fan oh. favorite at the fifties prime time, um, which is great. I think they can put. I think they'll put. Um, pretty sure they'll put liquor in it too, like something. I had heard the hype for years about that peanut butter and jelly slush or uh, milkshake at fifties uh, prime time, and I was like, could it really possibly be that good? It sounds interesting, but it didn't sound good to me. It just sounded like, uh, that's something I'll try, and it probably is going to be gross. <laughs> I have to tell you. That might be one of the most delicious milkshakes I've ever had. It is so good. Have you had it? Oh, yeah. yeah I've had it there, and I made it at home. Oh, my the rest gosh. It's fairly easily findable online. Oh, it's so good. It, yeah. it, it, it was it, – it almost blew my mind. It was one of those, like, moments where I took a drink, and I felt like uh, the food critic in, uh, in uh, Ratatouille, where, like <laughs> – he suddenly instantly just at the taste of something had like a flashback. He saw, you know, his childhood. Oh, that's, that's what I felt like sipping on that peanut butter and jelly milkshake from fifties prime time. So good. Oh, I guess they could put anything in it. And this person put Kahlua in it, which, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess you can theory, you could put whatever liquor you want in there. It's shot of Kahlua for $9. Oh boy. Wow. Can I bring my own? <laughs> Yeah, right. flask. Um, I will say none of these places we're talking about are, are inexpensive, just to keep that in mind for everybody. No, no, they're Disney prices. You have another in-park lounge you wanted to talk about? No, I, I think we're good. Although, while you were talking about getting that loaded Schaffenhofer, it just reminded me. Uh, so people love that Grand Marnier slush in France, which I do too. Uh -huh. It's delicious. It tastes like a creamsicle. Did you know you can get that with a shot on top of it? <laughs> Shot of what? Uh, you've got a couple options. I think you can do vodka or the a shot of the Grand Marnier, and um, ah. like in addition to what's in the slush. I did it. I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah, because they're pre-mixed, I guess, right in the machine. Yeah, yeah. I think they are. So I sort of did that with the. I got a frozen Coke at the Dawala. I think that's how you pronounce it. The frozen oh. Coke stand in Asia and Animal Kingdom. Okay. And it was Jack and Coke, and I tasted it, and it really didn't. It didn't taste like it had liquor in it. And it was late. It was it was like ten minutes before the time there. And I said to the kid, and he was from New Jersey, and we were talking about New Jersey things. And I said, Hey, do you think you can add a little bit extra to this? And he looked, and he did like a look around to make sure his, his um, boss wasn't look, his you know manager was looking around. And then he took my glass, and he you know he. He opened the open of a new bottle of uh, Jack Daniels, and then um, he poured it on top. He's like, "Do you want me to like measure?" I'm like, "No, just pour it until it like overflows." <laughs> and, um, and so that's what we did, and that was much better. So um, I'm not saying they're gonna always give it to you, but for for nothing. But um, it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth something to ask about, because sometimes those frozen drinks they're they're sir they're made pre-made. Yeah. And you don't necessarily, you aren't necessarily getting the full effect if you don't 
Maybe it's enough for you. I don't know. It depends on how you, your tolerance it is. It could be. Some people might like it a little weaker. But I just wanted to point out, and this is actually officially on the menu. You can order it that way, where you get the, oh. the, the orange slush and you get a shot on top. The floater, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Is there any lounges that you haven't been that you would like to go to? Well, I mean, you've mentioned a couple that have definitely uh, piqued my interest. Um, I would say uh, I still need to make it to Three Bridges I mentioned earlier, but the Dahlia Lounge, that's another one I really want to go to. I, I hear good things about Territory Lounge, but the problem with that is if I'm at Wilderness Lodge, it's hard for me not to go to Geyser Point, but I'm going to try to do that at some point. You know, one thing I've never done is just gone and sat at the bar at California Grill. So yeah, that's good. That's something I'd like to do. I've done California Grill, but I haven't done it as just a lounge. So yeah, that'd be fun. I had Tuto Gusto Wine Cellar mm-hmm. at the Italy Pavilion. That's one that I have not been to. Oh, it's good. I don't know if you're a fan of espresso martinis. Oh, yeah. But I, I think the best one you can get um, on property is probably from Tuto Gusto Wine Cellar. It's so good. I'm from one of the pictures I've seen. It's like a hole in the wall, like you know, uh, stone or bear. It's yeah. probably very cold inside, which is nice. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it should be, but you know, of course, relatively, it is like <laughs> dimly lit, and maybe it like tricks your mind a little bit. But um, <laughs> one one issue was, and maybe it's gotten better now. They were using Tudo Gusto for overflow seating for the restaurant, so it wasn't wow. as it wasn't as easy to get into. And it was, th- this is back when they were spacing the tables out a little more because of the, the COVID social distancing. Um, oh, okay. So maybe it's better now. Um, I haven't been there recently. but Honestly, I'm not sure if it, it has been opened on its own as its own entity yet. Because I have seen people walking in there, but I have yet to see any any blog or any influencer post that Tudo Gusto is open. I think it's only been like overflow seating for the restaurant. Okay, that's possible. Yeah. The one one we didn't talk about, which I just wanted to briefly mention, was Trader Sam's Grog Grotto at the Polynesian. They're big on the tiki drinks. I like the Hippopotamus Mai Tai. I love Mai Tais. Yeah. I I know it's like cliche, but if you're on there on vacation, especially get the glass. Buy the glass and bring it home. It's a it's an inexpensive memento, and the glasses are really fun looking. Oh, they are. I I have a zombie sitting on my shelf in the kitchen um, that I got from Trader Sam's, and I love that place too. I think maybe for me, in a conversation like this, it doesn't come to mind first because everybody knows about Trader Sam's, so it gets a lot of love as it is, and, and plus. You know, when I'm thinking about like a lounge, if I'm going with a bunch of friends, we're going out to have a, a good time, probably going to get rowdy ourselves. Trader Sam's will probably go there. But like if it's just like I'm looking for a nice, calm place to have a drink, Trader Sam's is not that. So, no, it's definitely not calm. It's it's very loud in there. Yeah. Um, I think it's good for big for well, it's hard to have a big group because there's not a lot of room in there. But I think it's <laughs> I think it's good for a group. But yeah, there's just so much stuff to look at, and there's so much things that you're not going to have a intimate. You're not going to. I don't know how much of a. I don't know how much lounging you're going to do in there. I think right. Be going on here. Exactly. 
Exactly. And and the same thing, by the way, for Ogus Cantina. I, w- I would put it in the same. I love both of those places. And given the opportunity, I'll go I'll go to both. I think they have great um, kind of craft signature cocktails. But, you know, Oga's isn't really a place that you can go and, and hang out and relax. Like it's a it's a noisy place. And plus, you're on a time yeah. limit when you're there. So. <laughs> And there's not that many seats there anyway, too. I mean, right. You're lucky if you get a booth. And, I mean, I've been there with Mark and Bridget from our show and their kids and the three grandparents. So there was four, five, six, seven. I can't count. There's four, five, six, seven, eight. There was eight of us. Eight of us, right? So they put us at a booth, but there were two other people at the booth already. Yeah. yeah. And... So we were all there together. And then they those two left. So we kind of thought, okay, we have the booth to ourselves. No, three minutes later, another group of two came. Oh, yeah. And sat out the booth was up. Which, I mean, I don't know. I, there's something about, like, having a group of eight at one table and then adding two more. It's just, uh, it's just odd. I, I understand they're trying to fit as many people in there as they can, and I get that. But I'm not sure if that's the appropriate place to, to do it. Right. Yeah, no, they pile people in. I mean, every available spot. It's happened to me at the bar, too, because I'll have somebody leave beside me if I'm standing at the bar. I'm like, oh, I've got a little elbow room. No, you don't, because they're going <laughs> to bring another person and put them right there immediately. So. <laughs> no, you <Great>. don't. <laughs> Not so fast. <laughs> Not so fast. Oh, boy. I didn't have any major ones that I, that I had to discuss. Did you have any other ones you wanted to bring up? I mean... I love I love Jock Lindsay's. We didn't really talk about anything at Disney Springs. Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar is one that I would highly recommend to people. As, I mean, for a lot of reasons. If you're a fan of Indiana Jones in any capacity, it's it's a cool environment. Having a a bar themed after Indiana Jones is pretty cool. Good drinks. They've got actually their small plates are very very solid. They do sort of rotate in some specialty things from time to time in terms of food. Um, in, into Jock Lindsay's, so that's a reason to kind of go in and check it out. You can sit out on the patio over the water, which is nice. If you sit indoors, every every place you sit sort of feels like a little nook, so it's like perfect for a little lounge environment. I, I love it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jock Lindsay's, and um, I would say outside of the parks, man, it, it, it would be up there in contention with one of my favorite places for sure. I've never been there, is it? crowded there usually what do you think it tends to be yeah it's pretty busy but they they'll also do you can't do a virtual queue in, in the app but you walk up you put your name on the list and they'll text you um if, if it's busy the last time i went strangely i was able to walk in which hasn't happened in a long time um, there is a little bar outside around back that you can walk up to if there's room but if you want to sit inside or sit somewhere on the deck you you've got to wait and and it is mm. it's a popular place. So. Okay, and it's across from Wineport George. Yeah. And right. Gideon's is right there. Yep. Yeah, there's a ton of restaurants around there, so that's um, so that's. I usually don't go to Springs unless if it's just a shop at World of Disney, just because I I kind of like to. When I'm down there, I don't have much time, so I like to stay in the parks as much as possible. Anytime I hear people talk about restaurants at Springs, most of them are very good. So, oh, you know, yeah. especially Wine Bar George. Everybody loves Wine Bar George. That it's I talk great. To. It's great. Yeah, I, I highly recommend. I mean, if if you can squeeze in a, even a lunch at Wine Bar George, I think I think you'd love it. 
All right. Speaking of squeezing in, I wanted to ask you some rapid fire questions. All right. I want to know your favorite ride in each park. Okay. Magic Kingdom, Haunted Mansion, Epcot. Oh, 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 Frozen, Ever After. Um, really? Wow. Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, Hollywood Studios, Rise of the Resistance, without a doubt. And then Animal Kingdom is going to be the Kilimanjaro Safari. Frozen <laughs> is, um, I, I mean, Frozen's all right for me. It just, I feel like they could have done a lot more with that, and they really didn't. Ah, maybe. I don't know. I Well, okay, so it's got a few things for, in my mind going for it. I, I love a, a good boat ride, so number one. Two is I love Frozen, and it means like so much to my girls. That that movie when it came out on DVD or Blu-ray, however we we consumed it, um, it <laughs> laser ended, disc. That, yeah, laser disc. <laughs> that summer it was on repeat. Like I don't think they watched anything else um, all summer long. Um, and I I actually think it's really good too. I love the songs. I love the movie. I think Frozen Two is better than Frozen One, in my opinion. Uh, really? Yeah. So yeah, I, I that that for me is up there, and I think it surpasses Test Track. Oh wait a minute, hold on. There is uh -oh. a new ride that was added to Epcot. I've only ridden it once, but I loved it. Cosmic Rewind is amazing, but I forgot about it. So I'm just gonna stick with my <laughs> answer. Man. I'm gonna stick with my answer. My one issue. Well, I love Olaf and Frozen. I love Olaf. I think my one issue is the reverse. In the reverse section, there's that one hallway where it's kind of blank, and the fog is supposed to cover it up, but sometimes it doesn't. And it's like a little, like, you guys could have put something there. <laughs> a little light effect or something, or just painted it dark black so it's not, you don't see it. Yeah, that's true. The audio animatronics are pretty nice, so. Oh, right. man, that Elsa's great. Favorite non-lounge restaurant? Let's go with one in each. Can you do one in each park and then like a couple like outside of parks? Oh, can you do good. This okay. I thought I was gonna have to narrow it down to one. This helps. Yes, Magic Kingdom. I would go. Uh, the Jungle Navigation Company Skipper Canteen would be my favorite in Magic Kingdom. Just love that place. Um, Epcot would be. I'm gonna say. Beer Garden. Is my favorite. Um, no. in Hollywood Studios, oh man, this one's actually really tough because I think there's pretty good food options in Hollywood Studios. Favorite restaurant, if I could only pick one, would be, I'm going to say, I'm going to say sci-fi because I love the atmosphere so much. Sci-fi, dine-in theater. And then Animal Kingdom, my favorite restaurant is... I've never eaten in, in Tusker House or Yak and Yeti. So I guess I have to say Satouli Canteen is my favorite restaurant in Animal Kingdom. Um, outside the parks, I would say, oh, man, this one's a little tougher. I more, Let's say Disney Springs, uh, my favorite's Morimoto Asia. Mm -hmm. And then maybe in a resort, my favorite restaurant would be, I'm going to say Whispering Canyon. Wizard and Cannon's great. I love it. Breakfast especially. I love it. Absolutely. The servers are so good. I mean, and, and who can, I mean, if you go for lunch or dinner and you get one of the skillets with the all the barbecue you can eat, yeah. I mean, who, who can argue with that? 
Beer Garden, I wish they would let you just watch the show because the show's really good. Sometimes I don't want to eat all that food, and it can be a little pricey, but the show's great. Uh, and just being inside there, yeah, I wish you could see from the outside. Yeah, that. But I guess they would ruin the effect because it's supposed to be dark in there. I know. I've actually thought before that it would be cool if there was a a bar in Beer Garden where you could oh. sit. Yeah, you could sit and see the show, and maybe you could order like some small plates or something and have the beer. Yes. Uh, that would be nice, but I don't know where they'd put it. But that that'd be cool. I mean, like the second story, where like it's those false facades. That's actually a great idea. I never, I never even thought of that. Man, it shows so good, and it just you gotta you gotta be eating, you know, eighty dollars worth of you know schnitzel in order to make oh, it I work. Do it. But, um, I I do it. <laughs> I get my money's <laughs> worth in schnitzel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need favorite show or entertainment. Oh, so this could be uh, like um, either like a 3D movie show or a stage show, something like that. Each part. Oh, each part. Um, Animal Kingdom Festival of the Lion King. Mm-hmm. Epcot favorite show or entertainment. That one is hard. I I guess because so much of it has changed. I'm gonna say the uh, the the um, drummers in China or Japan. Sorry, the drummers in Japan are my favorite. Yeah. In Hollywood Studios, my favorite show, let's just stick with the theme, is the Frozen sing-along. And then in, uh, what did we miss? Magic, Magic Kingdom. Kingdom. Magic Kingdom, yes. favorite show entertainment. Can I say Sunny Eclipse in Cosmic yes. Cafe? <laughs> yes. I don't know if you saw the news. No, I did. But, yeah, Sunny Eclipse passed away. Really sad. No, that that's that was not his name. It's Sunny Eclipse's real name, Cal David. Right. And it's my understanding that he never actually saw Sunny Eclipse perform. What? Yeah, I heard on a I've heard on a couple podcasts of people that like knew him or heard saw interviews from him. He never made it down to to watch the show. He only just did it from a recording studio. It's shocking. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm too much of a, I guess, narcissist. I, I guess I, I would need to go see it. I would want to see what my animatronic looked like. Yeah, especially if it's an alien. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you saw videos or something. I don't know, but, yeah, that is that is sad. Would, yeah, you would think at least somebody showed up, hey, this is what it looks like on YouTube. Yeah. I love sitting in there and uh, with a Coca-Cola and some chicken nuggets and um, and watching him. Heck yeah. All right, so you're affectionately known as Justin Monorail because of your, your first show. So I want to know, if you were a monorail, what color would you be and what route would you want to be? Uh, and this could be both coasts, so we can throw oh. Disneyland in there too, and Tokyo because they have a monorail also because I don't want to limit you to three choices on here. Well, I appreciate that, but I, I don't I don't think I could – even pick. I mean, I guess the Disneyland monorail route would be sort of the that's the classic, that's the dream. But I'm, I, I, I had my answer uh, for this one in my head when you when you asked me this question. I think I, I think I got to go first blush here. So here's the thing: if I were a monorail, what color would I be? That answer now has changed because <laughs> of the the new lighting packages. Oh, okay. Because my first answer would have been black. Because I think the monorail black is awesome. I love the red trim. However, 
I hate the fact that they're doing a purple light underneath. I guess it's a black light at night. It just doesn't yeah. look right. It doesn't look right to me. So instead, I think I have to go something with that maybe reflects my uh, my character a little more. So I think I'm going to go monorail line. And I, I, I don't know. Lime is the one that just uh, came back from refurbishment, too. That's right. So it's brand new, sort of. It's fresh, brand new. Um, it's a bright color, and the, and the green light underneath it at night. Um, I, I've been joking around since they added the, 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 the neon lights underneath the monorails. Now it's like Fast and Furious monorail. But uh, I don't know. I think it's a cool look. So I'll, I'll go with monorail line. Um, any route... It it would be the I mean it's definitely the monorail uh, or the resort loop because I want to go through the contemporary. I would love to to be doing that all the time and um, you know the stops at the Grand Floridian and the and the Polynesian are pretty nice too. So I'm I'm gonna stick with East Coast and and we'll be a resort loop lime monorail. You don't want to blitz through the hotels. You want to stop and um, maybe get a maybe do a monorail bar crawl. Yeah, or, uh, you know, that would be great. But just even be able to stop in the resort, in like in the Contemporary, get the smell for a few minutes because I love <laughs> the smell of the Contemporary, and, yeah. and then and then move on. I, I'm ha- I'd am i be happy with that. That's good. Now, if you could monorail to anywhere, new monorail route, where are you going to put it? Where are you going to build it? You can't put it. I don't know. Where are you going to drive to? So... I think it's disappointing that the Animal Kingdom doesn't have any other transportation options options aside from a bus. But I don't think that it makes sense to have the monorail going to Animal Kingdom. I think it would be better if the monorail would connect to Disney Springs. Because mm. that would give, especially if you could somehow, like if it would connect from the TTC. Because then you've got a nice, like... You, you're staying at like the poly or or the contemporary or grand floridian and hop on the monorail go to tcc and then somehow monorail over to the disney springs i just think that would be a nice option for resort guests more restaurants shopping a little option if you didn't want to go in the parks that day so yeah it'd be easier to get over there too yeah exactly so go see a cirque du soleil show at night so i think you seen the cirque du soleil show i have I actually saw it recently. Yeah, yeah. Did you like it? I did. So, okay, this was my first time ever seeing a Cirque du Soleil show ever. And Uh I've I've wanted to see them. Like, this is something I've been very interested in. Um, But I will say, based on everything I've always heard about Cirque du Soleil shows, I expected there to be something about the show that would sort of, like, be mind-blowing for me like just really something that was awe-inspiring jaw-dropping i don't for me i don't think this show had a moment like that but it's consistently good i thought it was interesting and fun to watch but i just didn't have one of those like holy cow moments Hmm. but maybe that's just me i don't know maybe maybe my expectations were incorrect about what i was going to experience do you remember how long it was? It's, I think it's ninety minutes. Was there an intermission? Um, no. Hmm. 
Wow. It's supposed to be like about Disney animation, I think, right? Yeah, it's an interesting story. Um, and actually, it made me cry. So it did oh. do that. <laughs> um, and and I, I don't think it's a spoiler just, just to say it's it's sort of about uh, a father and daughter's relationship. The, the, the father is a, an animator. And the story sort of focuses on their relationship. And I'm not going to say more than that, because if I did, it would spoil some of the story. Oh. But, yeah. Well, that's nice, though. I, I have not seen a Cirque show either. And um, um, it's definitely it's definitely something to consider for sure. And if they we bring a monorail to that end of the uh, Disney Springs, it'd make it a lot easier to, to navigate and figure out. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and... You can get a little sippy cup of wine to take in with you, um, in a in a souvenir Cirque du Soleil drawn to life cup. Ooh. You get to keep. So. That's nice. I did that. Is it like in the shape of like a brush? A paintbrush? <laughs> it should be. It should be. No, it's just like Aww. a small tumbler, like a corksicle shape almost. We need to do some uh, themed cups. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna have to call them up and tell them that. You're not wrong. All right. Well, I think that's all I had for you about lounges. Justin, if you want to um, tell the listeners where they could find you and find the Passholder Lounge to listen to. Sure. Adam, first of all, I just want to say thanks again for inviting me on your show. It's very kind. I, I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I again, I, I look forward to having you on, on my show in, in the near future if you're willing to join me. But for those of you who are interested in checking out the show, it is The Passholder Lounge. You can find me. I am on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere that you can possibly imagine uh, a podcast should be. You can probably find The Passholder Lounge. On Twitter, I'm at the PHL Pod, And I have an email where you can email me some questions, comments, whatever, at PassholderLoungePod at gmail.com i'd love to have you come check out the show and let me know what you think yeah justin does a great job um i love your um when you're almost done with the show there's a sound bite you got in there yeah i don't know who it is it's it, i think it's a famous thing or something listen so that you know what i'm talking about Justin does a great job always has with his shows and more importantly he knows what he's talking about i, I definitely i suggest checking justin out more thanks for coming on justin you sir this has been really fun so I just want to remind you that our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. Check out their website, MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com. Request a quote and let Chris and her team plan your family's next vacation. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for the Mouse and More podcast. And on behalf of my guest, Justin Monaro, of the Passholder Lounge podcast, this is Adam, and we are the Mouse and More podcast. Good night, everybody.